This week on Book Pile Banter, Sarah tells us what actually happens in the book because Amberly is just too angry to remember. Welcome to Bookpile Banter. This is Amberly with Sarah and Kim, and today we are going to discuss the last and final book in the Raven Cycle, The Raven King. And once again, it is by Maggie Stiefvater and was published in 2016 by Scholastic Press. It's meant to be for ages 14 and up and grades 9 and up. And as our little kind of synopsis for this final book, The Raven King closes out the story of Blue, Gansey, Adam, and Noah. It addresses if they will finally find the Welsh king. Will Blue kill Gansey? And will they, won't they? And the will they, won't they on all the relationships is answered. Plus, we learn more about Henry Chang. Okay, so I hate this book. <laughs> Unequivocally, it made me mad. It, I took, it took everything I had to actually finish it. And now I remember why I could not remember it, which is that my brain actively decided, no, we don't need to remember this information. Goodbye. So yeah, I, I ugh, this one was no, <laughs> such a no for me. What about you, Sarah? I mean... At least now you know how I felt about Strange the Dreamer, since that's pretty much the same thing. But I I like the series. This book, I remember the first time I read it, I did like it a lot. And rereading it, I kind of see, or at least I saw more flaws that I had kind of skipped over or just kind of blitzed through the first time and didn't even really register. So I feel like rereading it, not as enjoyable as the first time around when you're kind of unfolding the mystery. I still enjoyed it well enough, but it's, I'm not even sure which book of the series would be my favorite, but I don't think this would be the one. Didn't hate it though. Dream Thieves was my favorite. This one, I just, I have so much to say. It's such a letdown for me. There were so many things set up in the previous books that they just, the endings to those stories was unsatisfying. And then I really, I remembered it as I started reading it, that weird repetitive, if this story started with, or whatever the wording is, the fact that that happens like six to 10 times, I remember hating that it's just closer to six times i'm not sure because there were so many characters it was about and all i know is every time i kept getting to one i felt like i was starting over which made the book feel like it was even longer so i hated that (laughs) did the story actually start over though mostly because it no no so you, so you were going through a linear progression and then it would say whatever it is it says as far as if it's from this character's point of view, this is the start, but it would still continue where it was at. I don't even know that it really did that as opposed to just like, just like telling you like how that character's story essentially ended. Like she went, oh, I don't really have a clean way to end this character's story. So if it was from this perspective, this would be their ending. I thought it was more like giving a backstory of a character. 
I don't really remember, honestly, Did but it was just, just like, it was week. a little aside. <laughs> it was almost like an annotation kind of like, by the way, this stuff is going on with this character. And yeah, it, it annoyed me because she never did that in any of her other books, in any of the preceding books. It was just this element she introduced. And it was like, this is kind of feels like filler or just like something to stuff between the other things that she's trying to juggle. So yeah, it would kind of take you out of the moment of what's happening to be like, by the way, other character we just mentioned earlier in the story that has never come up before. Here's some details. And then after that, back to the main story. So I didn't like that either. I, and it, for me, it got to the point where I didn't care about the main story, particularly rereading it because I was dreading that whole, Oh, let me sidestep here and then go back. And I was just like, I don't, I don't care. I just want to be done. And then you get to the ending. Yeah. Especially when you already knew you didn't like the book. Yeah. And then you get to the ending and that ending is so rushed and unsatisfying. And I just want to scream. <laughs> so for context for you, Kim, basically we get to the end of this book and Glendower is dead, has been dead, can't be resurrected. It's just bones. They this do- is the, the Welsh king. Mm-hmm. That the entire thing has been about since page one of book one. Yeah. And he's dead. And he's dead. So they have essentially no real solution. And Gansey is supposed to still die. And things are kind of weird on the ley line. And Capes Water is kind of flipping out. And the demon that was released in the last <laughs> book is kind flipping of doing out. something. Flipping out. <laughs> <laughs> and and it's getting devoured by a demon it's not flipping okay. out <laughs> you know i really i again i got to that point in the book where i didn't care so i am not remembering the details well so then gansey goes or they all decide oh if we go to capes water we can do a weird time stop thingy and we can you we can like loop gansey back into his own body Okay, hold on just a second. You keep saying the word Capes Water, and I don't. That's I don't the even forest. Know if oh, the forest. <laughs> the forest. The, the, the mystical forest. Okay, I'm less confused now. Okay. Go and ahead. then, okay, so then there's some car crash thingy where basically they can't make it to the forest, and so Gansey has to die on the side of the road. Blue. <laughs> Kisses him and like a car crash. <laughs> Was it a car crash? No. <laughs> what happened? Like Ronan's car or something did something and Ronan couldn't make it to the forest. What happened then? Yeah, well, okay. So they're driving back to town, and you can't really tell what's going on because point of view is Adam and he's got a blindfold on, so he can't see. So you can't really see what's going on. But you can hear the other characters talking, and they stop the car because there's a flood across the road, but it might actually be blood. They're not sure. So, and again, this is from the forest that's dissolving and everything that's going wrong. And Ronan can't drive the car back because he is getting destroyed by the demon, which keeps trying to pull him into his dreams to tear him apart. And so he keeps waking up and bringing up all these dream things with him because he's dying. And so they're like, oh, we could, we should probably take care of this now since everything is falling apart. So that 
is what happened. Okay. I, I honestly, I wasn't sure because I just, I was done and Ronan was dying, but thought it was a car crash <laughs> and they couldn't keep going. And I didn't know why. And it was just like a weird, bad fever dream. So then Gamzee and Blue kiss because Blue is fated to kiss or to kill Gamzee with her kiss. And so they need to kill Gamzee. Um, I'm not, I'm still not even quite sure why other than it like revitalizes the ley line or something to do with them. I don't know. I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> I know. Sarah, oh, <laughs> could you tell us actually what happened in the book? <laughs> okay. Well, for one thing, I'm still, it's unclear as to whether Blue kissing Gancy actually killed him or if she just happened to kiss him. And then, cause he then said he, I'm pretty sure he then like says that he wants to sacrifice himself or whatever for the forest but the whole point of the sacrifice is to get rid of the demon they basically have to i don't remember the wording they have to give up one life to get rid of another which would be the demon's life and so gancy is the one who decides to make that sacrifice and blue kisses him beforehand but i don't know if that's what killed him or if like that was what they prop like saw from the future was that the last thing that she does is kill him Okay, I do remember that part. It it was some weird, like, they, she, they're like mirrors, which has been a thing this entire time, the weird reflection mirrors and standing between them. And so there's something about Blue that basically she kisses him and her abilities basically reflect back his previous death that causes him to die. So her kiss does kill him, but it's because of some mm. weird magical mirror reflection thing. Can I continue from there? Because I got to I got to express my yeah. anger with this next part. So <laughs> oh, no. Gansey, Gansey is dead, just laying in the middle of the road. Things are starting to Could fix. Like the side of the road. No, 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 no. Because I remember because Ronan says, will you just pull his body out of the middle of the road? We're not just going to leave it there. Ronan was mad, mad <laughs> that they just left Gansey's body in the middle of the road like roadkill. I remember that. So then. They go, okay, well, we don't want Gansy to be dead, so we need to fix this. And so they decide, because Cave's Water is Ronin's creation, that they'll just put the forest into Gansy, sacrifice the forest in order to bring Gansy alive. We don't get a hot, like an explanation. We're just told that's what's going to be done. And so Ronin wishes it. And boom, that's essentially the end of the book. Gansy is now alive and off to go do a road trip with Blue and Henry because they used the forest to bring him back. Not even there's no special ceremony and thing. Ronan just decides it. That's it. That's the end of the book. We we have built to this moment where Gansy is supposed to die. And it was pretty much like, oh, just put the forest in him. Life's good. For those who cannot see my face, I am so angry. <laughs> <laughs> I will admit I was confused as to what she was trying to describe in that moment. Because she even said the forest can't be sacrificed because it's not alive. It's immortal. It's it's just it always exists. Sometimes it dies. Sometimes it revives. So it can't do what they're asking it to do. But then they're then she frames it as if it's doing something else, like pouring itself into him or remaking him remaking itself into him. And so I'm reading this and I'm like, I don't understand what she's describing. So yes, in that regard, like when you close the book, it's like, so what 
exactly happened to Gansey at that point? Like, is he magical now? Is he just himself as he always was? Like, no explanation. It's yeah, just, that was that was kind of weird. Here's a magic car. It's green. The end. Magic car. Yeah, the epilogue where Blue has a graduation gift from Ronan and so she gets a green car because it doesn't have an engine because it's a dream car. Well, I mean, that was the car from book two, so. Yes, yes, but that's our ending. We don't get any explanation. We don't get, like, we don't know what happens to the psychics in the house. For all we know, they're all dead. We don't even get more Ronan and Adam. We just get told, now Henry, Blue... And Gansey are going to go on a road trip. That's it. That's the ending. One minute Gansey is dead and they're considering the forest and the forest is maybe doing something. And then they're just on a road, going to head on to a road trip. Why wasn't Ronan invited? Because, oh, well, okay. Uh, uh. <laughs> oh, he was going to redream Caveswater. That's actually where it ended, didn't it? I don't He was with Adam so. and then he's he, an opal. I'm pretty sure. Yes, because it starts with him dreaming, or it ends with him dreaming, starting but to dream. But I don't dream, think it was about Capes to... Water. I, I think it was. He wanted to dream a new Capes Water. I don't know. It just says that he was thinking about what he did and did not like about Capes Water and what he would do differently if he were to manifest it now. And then he's on the roof of his house at the barn and closes his eyes and begins to dream. I did not get the impression from that, that that he was making a new Cabe's Water. I don't even think Cabe's Water comes up again in the next book. I thought he just decided to drink, continue dreaming. Oh, no, I got the strong impression that he was going to try to dream a new Cabe's Water based off of that text. <laughs> no, no. Uh, and then there is, okay. <laughs> so, all right. Hold on before you get all off. Are you saying caves water? C-A-V-E-S, caves water? Okay. Yes. How do you spell Gansey? G-A-N-S-E-Y. Okay. I just, they're kind of weird names. And you guys, you know, spew them off your tongue like they're, typical and normal and you know like if i was hearing jonathan well his first name is richard yeah or richard but no so it's richard is his last name gansey or is his yeah gansey it's his last name and he doesn't like going by his first name okay guess i should have covered this in the first book but (laughs) hours ago (laughs) many many hours ago (laughs) anyway okay i've got that out of my head now i'm good to go all right so I think obviously the ending's flawed, but I think for me, the biggest thing that has to be addressed, and I'm going to start this off by saying that there's no expectation on my part for Kim or Sarah to make a comment about this because this is quite a sensitive topic, um, potentially, and I don't want them to feel like they do or do not have to play devil's advocate. This is just things that I noticed and I need to make a comment on, and that is Henry Cheng, and I apologize if I'm saying that wrong. It's C-H-E-N-G. And it bothers me that... Hold, pause one second. You're talking about a character you've never mentioned before this minute. I'm about to explain that. Okay, you're going to do that. Okay, just making sure. Yeah. (laughs) It bothers me because we did meet him briefly in the last book, but it was kind of like a 
uh, almost throwaway character. We we weren't given a lot. We weren't told that this was necessarily important character. He, he just was introduced as many characters get introduced in this book. However, in this book, it severely bothers me that he is rendered into nothing more than stereotypes. Uh, he is supposed to be a Asian character. And so he is half Korean, half Chinese, which is fine. Representation in book is, is great. We want representation. Representation is good. However, this author did not take the time to actually flesh him out as a character. His mother is a Korean art dealer criminal. And his father is a Chinese robotics designer in Seattle, Washington. And he is only in Virginia because his mom wants him there to help her have an excuse to do her criminal activity. And to have your only clear, diverse character in this book be nothing more than the child of a criminal and a robot and then leading into the whole perception that, you know, Asians are smart or else criminals. Literally in this situation, we have mother is criminal, father is smart is not a fair treatment to individuals of that group. And furthermore, she takes no time to like delve more into him. He just is there for convenience. He's there to allow her to get from one plot point to another. The primary example being that she has it be that he has a dream robo bee that his mom got from Ronan's father and his robo bee magically tells him where to be when Gansey needs him because he's told the robo bee, I need to help Gansey tell me when he needs me. That's it. That, that is the purpose of him. And to somehow, I guess, make blue and Gansey seem enlightened. I don't know. I, I don't, I don't dislike the character. It's not fair for me to dislike the character because we don't really get a whole lot. I don't like how he is portrayed. And furthermore, I really hate the fact that she took this character and then took our other characters who are diversity as well, in a sense, in terms of sexuality, and turned them into people who appear to hate Asian characters because they make Adam and Ronan on multiple occasions make highly derogatory comments about Henry and his ethnicity when we have not once been exposed to them being that kind of character it doesn't add anything to the book and it doesn't even add anything to Blue or Gansey because they just kind of go, oh, guys, you really shouldn't. Uh, that's a bad thing to say. That's it. So now our, our, our LGBTQ characters have been turned into racists. And you haven't even fleshed out the character that they are talking about in a constructive way to actually create a balanced conversation. It's almost like someone told her, oh, you don't have any diversity in this book. And she invested no effort and went, I'll just throw this character in. And I'm not saying that LGBTQ cannot be racist. It's It can happen. Racism is not limited to just because one is one way or another. But this was definitely a failing on this author's part. And it makes me hate this book even more. That's all I'm going to say on it. I'm not not asking again for Kim or Sarah. I just want to be fair in pointing out that the way that this was handled was not good. So moving on. Oh, did you want to say something, Sarah? Oh, well, I was just checking to see if 
you were completed on that point or not. Again, the lag. I would say, just in general, Henry Chang's character, it was weird just kind of bringing him into the second, like, not second book, the third book, out of nowhere, and then also into this book. So, yeah, I do wish with his character, like, I wish he had been from the beginning, at least in the background, like, trying to get involved in their group so that it made more sense that he was suddenly, you know, trying so hard to help them in the fourth book. So that did feel really shoehorned in there and out of place. Um, I do wish she'd built up more background and and time with that character to really mesh him better with the others. He deserved more investment because I, I think I actually would have liked the character. I don't dislike him. I would have liked the character, but I don't know enough about him. And she spent so much time, especially even at the beginning of this book, is making him, like, antagonized by our main characters. Until suddenly they magically attend a toga party with him. And and then suddenly it's, oh, he's part of the gang. And we're just going to accept he's part of the gang because Blue and Gansey were at a toga party being flirty flirty and just had a positive bonding experience. And we're not going to discuss the fact that that's just because they were high on hormones. So, yeah, I wish more effort had been spent on that character and his family. Really? She, oh, yeah. His family came out of nowhere. But shoot, shoot, shoot. My train of thought, I have to find it. I have to find it. It's going away. Oh, with all the time that she spent on Noah, who ended up being, of course, pointless because he disappears when Gansey dies because the cycle was closed or something. It's like, I mean, it's kind of sad in that moment if you're attached to Noah, but overall there was actually no point. Like if Noah had in some way been responsible for Gansey still being alive. And then well, he whispered to him. I think- him. But that's all he did is he was like, yeah. he gave him that clue. And it's like, okay, but I mean, there's that nice circular element to it. But was that really necessary? Not really. So if like all those Noah moments were instead given to like that time was given to Henry Chang. So that mm-hmm. he, yeah, again, I just feel like it would have uh, been a better use of the time. Yeah, I feel like I feel like we got to this last book and they had, oh, I don't know if it was like her editors or something, been like, oh, we want you, or she decided, oh, I want to spend more time on Ronan. I think she fell in love with Ronan as a character. And realized that she didn't want to end him with this book. And that she was no longer invested in the other characters. And so everything in this book feels like it's leading towards setting up Ronan to his own story. Which I'm not against. But it definitely falls very, very flat. Noah falls flat. And then there's the whole blue is a tree person. Oh my god, I forgot about that. That's so dumb. Oh my god. Okay, so I like the I like the series, but it's dumb. It's dumb. explanation, please. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, so there's no explanation. She's a tree person. No, no, no. Okay. So we get midway through the book, and her father, Artemis, has like been holding himself up in a closet this entire time after they were pulled and he was found in the last book. And then she can't find him. Yes, she can't yes. find him. And the throwaway Glendower's daughter um, is like, oh, he's in the tree. And she's like, you mean at the tree? And she goes, no, he's in the tree. And sure enough, she goes out there to discover that her father is in the tree and she has wait. to pull him out. Wait, wait. 
the throwaway Glendower's daughter. Yeah, the crazy one from book three. Yeah. Did we? Okay, we talked about this person. Yes. Okay. But she. Yeah, her name is like Gwen Gwen Lian or something, something yeah. Welsh. Anyway, something Welsh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so blue is a tree. No, no, no. So person. Tree person. Tree person. <laughs> so then she goes out to the back. And she has to coax her father out. And he comes materializing out of the tree. And he explains to her that he is a special entity creature. The name, I think, translates to... God, what did it translate to? I thought Trans- I had... to the original Welsh. Tree light. Tree light. She, he is a tree light. <laughs> basically, the translation of his name, because it's not even Welsh, his... his uh, thing translates basically to tree light so he is a tree light which means that blue is part tree light and that's it it doesn't lend itself to anything more than to other otherwise than to explain why she is amplified which is she is a half tree light which is weird since Gwenelian or whatever her face is she is not a tree light, but she has the same power as blue. No, she's half so tree light weird. too. Is she? Yes, she she at some point implies that she is half tree light too. Are we sure? Yes, because she her mother okay. isn't she's she's like a bastard daughter of Glendower. Her oh, mother her mother was a tree. Her mother was a tree. Her mother was a tree light. In in Caveswater, because it got destroyed by the demon and she was upset about that. That's right. Okay. She's a tree light too. She's people. <laughs> okay, so yeah, that whole that whole storyline, I will admit, it lost me there. I was like, tree people could have done without. Doesn't or bring anything sooner. to the story. <laughs> but it doesn't bring anything to the story. So even if they brought it in sooner, it'd be like, what was the point? What was the point of tree people? Okay, now coming from somebody who actually named her child after a, a character that turns into a tree. <laughs> I feel like I should defend this. However, not having read the book, um, it makes no sense to me. Being, I mean, being the child. Trees don't reproduce with people. It's, it's, that, yeah. Tree okay. people. I don't even know. I don't being even know. said child who, you know, is named after a character who turns into a tree. And I love characters that involve trees i love nymphs i think nymphs are really interesting and cool and it's like there is a lot of mythology about people and trees and connections and all that kind of stuff this was stupid so call them a tree nymph don't call them a tree light because it's not an existent thing but whatever i've had my opinions about non-existent yeah i've talked about the, the lack of history in this history that respects uh previous fantasy type, you know, high fantasy type stuff. And the fact that you don't just make things up from nothing when it comes to high fantasy. But Amber's hiding herself behind a book now, so... No, I was really looking at my notes. <laughs> I, I just, I... Uh... <sighs> yeah, that that annoyed me. And then these guys just end up going on a road trip. For their, yeah, once they graduate from high school, they just run off to go do a gap year. So there's no repercussions. There's no... Gansey doesn't even die. Well, he 
quotation dies not for long (laughs) if only it worked that way in the real world yeah no we we sometimes it does (laughs) okay Ow. Like when people die on an operating table and then they come back yeah. because the doctors totally are there. Yeah. yeah, but one does not just feed a forest into them to revive them. That's technical <laughs> training. Yes, that does not technically happen. <laughs> yes, no. We spent we spent four books for I think I want to say he dies in the second to last chapter. It's very in- close to the end. I think it is the I think it's the second to last let me see here third to last chapter on around page 414 so fourth last chapter he he dies on page 414 the book has a total of 438 pages our closing has a less than like or around 15 pages the thing that we have been set up for from the very first very first line of the first book where the the first line is that blue will kill her true love we get to page 414 of the fourth book and she kills him and then by 438 we're done and that's with an epilogue 438 is with the epilogue she kills him and he comes back to life yeah Wow. I mean, what else do you expect to happen though after it? Like that's I mean, it's it I mean, how much longer do you want it to drag on for once all the conflict's been resolved? Granted there's you, a lot going on. Your denouement tends to be I don't know, show them how they handled this trauma. I, I go back and confirm that everyone at the psychic's house is all good and dandy. You know, uh, hint well, at what's fine. happening to Why the gray man. Damaged? Um, because there's a river of blood in the town? No, it's just across the road, outside of town. It claimed that it was like the town was, like there was a bloody river and the, that the like fire department and ambulances were responding to the situation and having to race around. Like the entire town is now aware of this and it just blah, 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 blah. You, very rarely in books though, uh-huh. do you get that? I mean, I mean, you don't get a lot of fleshing out of the repercussions in most books, but at least the mental state of the characters. Yeah. All we get is yeah, that they're driving say, away. But you get, we don't even get out of it's like, Hey, he's with ronan but we, we i think don't, in the hidden in the epilogue hidden in the epilogue hidden in the epilogue it's implied that he is with ronan i don't actually think that he has ever mentioned we have spent time from his perspective in this book and we don't even bother returning to it to see how he's doing after the fact that his friend who he was worried about dying is dead and it's like he died we brought him back you don't need to know how all of these characters feel after the fact their emotions don't matter you've spent four books learning about their emotions and having to be in their head spaces, but they moved on. You can move on now, too. I feel like you're expecting an awful lot of detail. I mean, they do... It's not like the book ends... I mean, it does end pretty quickly after that, but it doesn't end on that page with, like, Nancy waking up. You do get a little bit of an epilogue. Granted, it's not a fully fleshed out essay on on grief and trauma, but... um, 
I want to be clear. Excluding the epilogue, we don't actually get Gansey waking but why would up. Why the epilogue? But no, the book because epilogues are like afterthoughts. They they shouldn't be the end of your book. And instead, the end of our book in this situation is Blue touched Gansey's face. She whispered, "Wake up." So that's the end of the book before the epilogue. It, Gansey doesn't even wake up. And then we jumped to June evenings in Singer's Falls were beautiful things. Lush and dark, the world painted in complicated greens. Trees. Trees everywhere. Oh, Adam drove the winding road back to Henrietta in a slick little BMW that smelled of Ronin. So I Ew. think... <laughs> I, I think that's... Okay, so we do get Adam. I just don't remember it because then there was the weird car attaining thing. But like it the climax of your book should not be the last line before the epilogue. I agree with Amberly on that one. I just feel like I get that. I don't know. I feel like you come across that pretty often in YA books. Like they have all the action happen and like and then here's an epilogue. I don't know. I'm not against epilogues, but usually, like, I don't know. Gansey didn't even wake up by the end of the book. Just Blue telling him to wake up. We have spent four books waiting for, does does Gansey die? And does do they manage to bring him back for it to end at them commanding him to wake up? And then we just get, like, a little, but like, four-page, five-page... I don't I just, it bothers me. It bothers me. It bothers me. <laughs> I can't, I can't explain it. it just, I can tell. <laughs> it feels rushed and like, she went, oh, so people are probably going to be bothered that I don't at least say something. So here are, you know, how many ever pages the epilogue is to tell you what they're like, uh, what they're doing next. And honest to God, I don't even know that the epilogue is really to satisfy on this book or to set us up for the expectation that Blue and Gansey will not be in Ronan's book next. It's like she went, oh, I really want to do a Ronin book, uh, but I don't want to have to explain why Blue and Gansey are no longer hanging out with their friend. Okay, here's a few pages showing that they're about to head out on a road trip. There. Now I don't have to worry about introducing them again or bringing them back up again. Okay, so I'm going to get like all stupid scholar, scholarly, but not scholarly because, yeah, not. So we're talking about two different things. There's a denouement, which is the end of your book. By definition, it's where you're tying the strings of the story together and finishing things. And then an epilogue. Oh, good Lord. What did my phone just do? <laughs> epilogue is a section or speech at the end of a book or play that serves as a comment on or a conclusion to what has happened. I think the problem with this book is it doesn't have a denouement. It doesn't tie everything together. But again, I think this writer has been writing from my perspective of not having read the book, but just hearing you guys talk about it. She's just been writing a whole series of stories. It's not, there's not a comprehensive story in this whole thing to where there's a conclusion that's attempting to be met. And so you can go to just the end and Gansey dies. And then we have an epilogue that is just kind of talking about other things and it's setting up the next stories. From, from what I'm hearing is it is pretty much just setting up where these characters go in the future, but there's no denouement, which for a lot of readers, not having a denouement is a very dissatisfying way to finish a book. And I know it's kind of a, a trendy thing in some books to not have a denouement. I 
don't like books that don't ends without it. Don't your pinnacle of what should happen should happen earlier on. And then you work your way down to the end of the story to where everything kind of comes together. Also for anyone hearing meows and purring, that is my cat Daenerys. <laughs> she just came in the room. <laughs> but yeah, that that's my, my thank you for finding the word denouement. It doesn't have a denouement and that. I am one of those people. I like a denouement. I like to kind of slow things down and close them out and get a sense of where my characters are at after their big epic experience, as opposed to just kind of being like, by the way. So I can hear that purring from here. (laughs) Soothing sounds to cool my anger. (laughs) So do we have anything more to say about this book? Well, I mean, there's Piper's father's. Who's Piper? There was no point to that. Who's Piper? There was almost no point to Piper. Uh, Piper is the one who unleashes the demon. In a manner of speaking. Oh, yeah. She she wakes it up. Yeah. And then then she's going to sell it. I still don't understand what the purpose of that was. I don't. It feels like set up for for Ronan's book. Why? Because we get into that whole, I mean, because we get into the whole uh, dream selling. That's the whole premise of his first book is dream selling and a weird heist that gets him involved. Yes. Yes. Uh, I just remember the girl who forges paintings and is dying from her dreams. That's all I remember. Yeah. This book is setting up where Ronan he played. Uh, he meets up with her and they're like trying to find something or other. I don't know. It's a weird fever dream like this. But yeah, it, it the whole, I think we were trying to meet more of these characters who are involved in this weird dream object, black market. And so I think Piper was kind of supposed to be in this situation, at least kind of a, a weird extension on that, just like Henry's mother. And then we have, I can't even say it, the, the triplets who are all her father and all one singular being, oh. but because they all go by the same name and are like, no, I think, yeah, they want to be a single entity, but only one of them is her actual father. I honest to God, wasn't sure. And I don't think which one or whatever is. his name is. Is this in this book? Yes. You guys talk? Okay. No, it's in this book. Uh, Sarah said, uh, which it could be, I'm not sure. Lamine is, is three triplets who identify as the father of Piper and they work as like one singular aspect and is like a weird like imagine like the maiden, the mother, and the crone but like make it gangster and male (laughs) it it brought nothing to the book so I, I don't understand but when they appeared I was like, oh, here's that whole thing that Amberly was talking about before, where it's just like a villain of the week or whatever, where it's just like, here's a random bad guy. And male. And it was like, oh my God. Yeah. And male. But then they didn't, even, male. they didn't even like contribute nearly anything to the story, at least the other ones that she brought in with earlier books. Like they read, you know, Colin Greenmantle, he was annoying, and but he did make things happen. And this guy... You forget he's even part of the book. No, yeah, killed Piper, I think. He killed hmm? he killed Piper. No, he didn't. Yeah, he did. Oh, and then the green wait. and then Gray Man killed him. Them. Not Colin. Green Man. No, I'm talking about 
they met la, la, la monet or oh, whatever la they monet killed their daughter whatever. yeah yeah, yeah well, he but, shot her i don't remember which i remember the gray man killed one of them yeah he killed he killed yeah. one of at least one of them he killed they killed their daughter she killed gray mantle green mantle <laughs> yeah that whole thing was really weird and kind of unnecessary is the majority of this book <laughs> i mean really the only important things that happened is that she tied up the search for glendower where he was dead and then the demon stuff just felt like it was tacked on to uh create a sense of urgency but for everything but sarah depending on where you began the story no, no. <laughs> for anyone who does not know that is how each of those repetitive chapters started depending on where you began the story and one so of them again, is i started it chapter one book one <laughs> <sighs> yeah they were it was all I just wanted to cry, reliving it, thinking about it now. I was like, oh, we, you know, I finished it like a week ago and we ended up having to delay slightly our recording. And so I was like, oh, maybe I'll be less mad. No, I'm just sad and angry. (laughs) (laughs) To the point where I'm sitting here going, you know, I was kind of excited to read Mr. Impossible, which is the next one in the Ronin series. And I'm just like, I don't, I'm not sure I want to. And I now know why it is I have not picked up any of her other books. I just, I don't want to go through another series to have it end like this. I, I don't have faith that she knows how to do endings. I didn't have too much of a problem with the ending, but it was kind of sloppy and rushed. But I did like the fact that Glendower was not alive. Um, I remember that being a relief because the first time I read it, I was like, this is going to be, because we already had Gwenelian and Artemis, which were just such weird characters so it's like if you throw glendower into the mix it's just going to be even more bizarre so why? i did like that he was dead why have them alive then other than the weird tree light i don't know that's the thing i don't know and i wish blue's father was never even discussed or even ever came into the picture like i wish they just kept that a mystery because it's more interesting as a mystery than saying yeah you are 50 percent tree also it just dawned on me so the reason why glendower's daughter and artemis are still alive is because they are tree light people and glendower's daughter is only half tree light people which means that poor blue is going to outlive all of her friends and just live for who knows how long, because we were given no details about how these things function. And I am horrified at the thought that poor Blue has just got to live past everyone she loves when she is so invested in them. Maybe she'll kill herself. I don't, yeah, really. I don't think it was explicitly <laughs> stated that that's why they lived so long. No, but it's the only explanation. They're both tree light or part tree light. Glendower didn't live that long. Well, Artemis, they pulled out of a tree. Artemis has been in a tree the whole time, and when, whatever her name is, um, 
she was kind of in a sleeping spell, but not a completely successful one. And going so crazy. she could have been, yeah, but she could have been, again, preserved through whatever that weird spell was and not necessarily, because she wasn't in a tree, so maybe she would have aged normally if she hadn't been caught in that spell. We don't know. We don't know. <laughs> I just, ugh. Okay, so now I have a question. Isn't Glendower the like greatest MacDuffin of all time? I mean, he's he was introduced as being the thing that they're achieving in the big in the, in the very beginning of the first book, and we get to the end, and he just never was. That is like in writing circles. That's like the worst thing you can do. You don't introduce something and have it never come to anything. That is just. Oh, he's bones. What do you mean he's bones? He's bones. I mean, they, yeah, they do find him. They find him, but he's bones. But he's dead. And it, it happens to be where they find him is exactly like, like apparently when Gansey nearly died seven years ago, it was on the exact spot above Glendower's All they had to do was dig right there and it would have been all over in the first minute. Oh, that would have been a much better story. <laughs> so, yeah. Sorry. That... that uh, it uh, that annoyed me. Um, I mean, it annoyed me that we never got really any information about Glendower, and then we got to the end, and it was it was yeah, he's bones, he's not really alive. You've been searching for this thing for no reason. Your obsession is not valid. I don't know. It's for like for me, Glendower. They always treated him as being like the solution to their problems. Like it was just the cheap way out. Like they could try to use him to bring back Noah. They could use him to try and save Yancy. They could use him to try and get rid of the demon. And so in the end they find him and they have to, you know, they can't just use him that way. They have to figure it out on their own. So I don't know. For me, it was, it, it makes that sense. I don't know story? why exactly, but it just. So it makes sense for you. I mean, that's how it comes across to me. Yeah, it made sense to me. Like, it made the most narrative sense for them to not actually be able to wake him up to fix everything and to handle it themselves. And then it was all rushed after that. So, yeah, there's that. But I don't know. What are you? Oh, Ronan. Is his breathing coming across? No. He's like sitting a foot from, like, inches from me. (laughs) Quiet. Hi. I would have found Glendower being potentially alive or even asleep or having left behind some artifact and Gansey having to die and then that artifact, Glendower or something like that, being used to revive him, much more satisfying than they just put Cabe's water in him. Cabe's water being used feels like yeah. a more of a cop-out than if Glendower had actually equated to something yeah i mean the cape water thing is really weird i don't understand that either or gansy could have just stayed dead would have been a tragic uh end but you know it would have made more sense it would have made more sense it would have also made more sense not to have artemis or gwenlyn in the story still wish they weren't in the story so much because like they are Think about it. If Gansey had died, one, it would have made Henry make more sense because then 
then Blue would have gone, I'm just going to go run off with Henry and go find the world because he didn't have as strong a connection to Gansey that she would have been able to be like, I can't be around Ronan and Adam because they remind me too much of what I've lost. So I'm going to go find myself. And, and I've made a friendship with Henry on my own without it being a friendship by, by extension through Gansey. She actually befriended Henry on her own, not because he hung out with Gansey. Um, if Gansey had died, she could have gone off with Henry to go with the next chapter of her life and get over his death and, and learn to, to love again. And it would have explained, and you know, Adam and Ronan would have had to find themselves without Gansey, which would have lended itself further to the next next series. Gansey dying would have made a thousand times more sense in terms of other characters and setup. It would have been tragic. I would have liked it more probably because I would have gone fair. She warned us from the very first sentence that Gansey was going to die. I can't fault her for then killing Gansey. And then it's a commentary on the tragedy of, of hunting for something your entire life for it to not play out the way you want it to. And that's relatable and that's a struggle and, and that's understandable. But instead of that, we get, and he magically came back. Ooh. That was dust, by the way. Ooh, you know, magic dust, pixie dust, what have you. That would have made more sense. I would have liked it better. Unfortunately, it's not your story to tell. It's not. Um... I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Well, I can say if my perspective on all of this, mm-hmm. this, there was nothing funny about discussing this last book. You know, we, we, we would have moments in, in, in discussing the other three books that were, you know, things would actually be kind of funny, but there, there was nothing funny about this. No, I, I'm I it's okay. <laughs> no requirement for funny, but. For podcast purposes, it might be better to have more funny. Well, I'm looking at my notes here and I'm like, oh, Noah is the sum of these books. So I said, sad that it took four books to reduce Noah to a memory of a human rotted and incomplete. That's not funny. That's just more than it take four books. I mean, he was already rotted in the first book. No, no, because he was slowly deteriorating. I meant his his uh, soul self, not oh. his uh, not his. Uh, physical self his physical self was already bones by the first book now i'm talking about if they at one point discuss him about his his essence becoming rotted and incomplete um that he's just kind of like some weird mm. refraction thing and so i'm just like that that feels this like a good reflection dude, right yeah i'm like that yeah. feels like a good reflection of these books yeah i'm just like looking at it and i i there was some comment what <laughs> Just a second. I'm looking up a page number to try to figure out why this comment bothered me. Two thirty one, two thirty-three, two thirty-four. Okay, I still don't know other than it annoyed me that when Henry offers Blue to go with him to Venezuela and she at she at first like turns him down and she goes, A thought occurred to her. I don't have to remind you I'm with Gansey, right? Naturally not. I'm Henry sexual anyway. Can I take you home? But she's offering her a ride home for that last sentence. I don't know why it was necessary to call him Henry sexual or why when Blue has been hanging out with boys this entire time, her first assumption is that he's hitting on her. She, she, I just. (sighs) But Henry sexual, why? Why? I would never think to refer to myself as Amberly sexual. What does that even mean? 
Sarah, are you Sarasexual? No. No. I don't know what it means, but I'm going to say no. I don't no. know what it means either. It's just, it's just, she puts in moments like that that I'm just like, what were you trying to say with that? Yeah. Okay. On that note, I don't think we really have much more to say. I, I don't have anything positive to say. So, in terms of a rating, this book was two stars for me. And it only got yeah, two. Good reads. <laughs> and it only got two stars because I at least could not remember it well enough to warrant having to read it. And I was willing to read it again, which means that I did not remember hating it that much the first time. But yeah, two stars. What about you, Sarah? Uh, somewhere between like a 3.5 and a 4. Okay. I still like it. Just it's definitely a lot messier and not as good as at least one of the other books. Not sure which one, but yeah. <laughs> okay. And did you by chance have any book recommendations? Other books that people can read if they liked this or want something similar to it? Not really. I mean, I read The Fascinators, which apparently is some people say it's similar. I didn't see that. I didn't get that feel. So I wouldn't necessarily recommend it, but that was probably the closest. Okay. It's really not though. So no, I don't have any suggestions. <laughs> you don't have any suggestions. Okay. So I have two. If people like Ronin, then I do recommend going on and reading Call Down the Hawk. As I've kind of indicated, I don't remember it other than I do remember Ronan is in it and I do like Ronan in it, in it. So obviously, if you want to continue that, you can continue that. If you really like how Maggie Steve Vader writes, she does have a whole bunch of other series. However, if you went into this book wanting more of the Glendower, more of the like mythos development behind it, and you wanted more of and you got to the end of this and you wanted more of the diversity. So you, you kind of like, you know, what we got with the hints of Adam and, and Ronan's sexuality and, and the feeble attempt with Henry, then I actually highly recommend Legendborn. I just, I, I devoured it in the last couple of days to make sure I could actually recommend it and, and have it. And that book is actually about a young black woman, black girl. She's, she's 16. So I will classify her as a girl named Brie who uh, loses her mother. And then when she goes to like a early college admittance, learns about the scions of King Arthur and his round table and basically has to go through that whole thing. It, it goes more through the King Arthur mythos, which is very interesting. It's also much like uh, this book. It's set in North Carolina. So it has that same urban fantasy kind of setting where there's the real world versus what they're going through. And it, again, uh, so much more diversity going on in it, um, all kinds of, of kind of intrigue. And it, at least for the first book, the second book hasn't come out yet. And the first book, it plays off so well. So whether you despise this book and want a different take on it, or if you really love this book and just want more of that kind of urban mythos fantasy, then I recommend Legendborn so much. And I think that's everything. I, th I think like before it stuck with the age range that this book was for. Any last words, Sarah? Are you going to kill me? Why would I kill you? <laughs> Any last words? Oh, that's, that's pretty that's ominous. ominous. <laughs> <laughs> no. Other than those words I just spoke. 
got nothing else to say. That was awesome. <laughs> Breathe, Amber. <laughs> I was so confused. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, okay. So, once again, our intro and out. Oh, wait, no. Oh, um, blah. <laughs> Next time, we will be discussing Mexican Gothic for anyone who would like to read the book before uh, listening in. And it is by, and I apologize if I say this wrong, uh, Silvia Marino Garcia. And again, that's Mexican Gothic. It was published in 2020 by Del Rey. Highly recommend reading it. It's what we're going to be discussing. And on that note, our outro and intro music is by... Grant Newman and is called The Battle of the Nile and it's from Epidemic Sound. Don't forget to like, rate, and subscribe to Bookpile Banter on whichever platform you listen to your podcast, whether it be Spotify or Amazon Music. We'd love to hear from you on any of our social media platforms such as Instagram or TikTok. You can find us at book underscore pile underscore banter. <laughs>